people just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Today it's my pleasure to be talking with Teresa Moulton from the USA. Morning, Teresa. Good morning, good evening. Indeed, because we're on different time zones. Now, I first came across Teresa when she launched one of her ventures, the Change Management Review, and this was probably about six years ago. And I don't know if you remember this, Teresa, but in the email update that I subscribed to, you said, reach out and say hello. Now, people put those kind of (laughs) wordings in in these newsletters and things like that but they don't really often mean it so i thought i'd test you and i think we talked oh, about you it did. <laughs> I, I tested this reality by reaching out to you and you responded and you responded quickly and you responded personally <laughs> and that blew me away and i'm like this person's a bit different and from that has emerged some opportunities for me to contribute to your venture both as an individual and as a representative of a member association And so I thought today it would be lovely to hear from you from the point of view of you're a person who's been entrepreneuring in your things. What if somebody was to come and work with you and contribute that? What are you looking for? What do you care about? And you feel free to tell us about some of these entrepreneurial things you're doing. Well, it's an interesting question because I kind of know it when I sense it, which is interesting, you know, I, but what I'm sensing is, you know, does somebody have a self-directed attitude can they actually action something on their own and drive it into fruition not without guidance not without partnership thought partnership or even practical partnership but do they have the ability to launch it and stick with it and make it happen yeah um that's really important and that's probably an obvious one i think for somebody thinking about you know if i if I need somebody to work with me as an entrepreneur, yeah. what would it be? The other thing, though, is I I look for people who know themselves well enough to understand the importance of living in ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Do they have the emotional fortitude to live without the answers? Because, you know, in decision-making a few years back, like 10, 15 you know, my father used to always say, you know, you go with the current available data. That's how you make decisions. Well, in corporate America, yes. that's a lot more available data than what you have in an entrepreneurial venture. Yes. So if people need definite answers and they need more than, say, 60% available data, they're going to be really stressed. And, is and there, that's going to... I'm, I'm thinking, is that maybe... A, some, some sort of concrete examples in terms of like that you would walk into work one morning and know what was going to happen on that day or that the project that you had been assigned there was it because I think what happens in large organizations is like there is a defined outcome that is the ideal we have a very clear outcome we have some very clear metrics around it right is there something in that about the ambiguity well it's um... Probably a clearer example would be like with the change management review. This year, we're launching three new conferences. Mm-hmm. We're going more more specifically into topics that the change management population seems to be interested in. And the first one is diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes. And so my team's been building the websites. We've been, we have our speakers. We have the schedule. And my team is an entrepreneurial team. So when I say, how do you know that we're going to get people to attend? 
you know, they don't like run out the door and start saying, I have no idea this is going to be a failure because we don't know. Right. Yeah. So they understand how to stay in the game and nice. tune the levers of marketing or whatever. And and the, the advice I would give to someone is you don't have to have that necessarily when you show up, but you have to be able to see the, the positivity in developing it. Oh, right. Because you really don't do that unless you've been through it. Mm, and it's mm. just you, if you're if you're up for the ride, then working in an entrepreneurial organization can be great. The other thing that is probably not as obvious of a trait or a mindset is patience. Mm -hmm. Working with an entrepreneur is frustrating. Mm -hmm. It is frustrating. And so they have to have a right-hand person that's kind of manage them. And if they don't, you could go off in all sorts of different directions. And if you're used to working in structure, you may not get that. So I look for somebody who can either manage me or manage Mm -hmm. others expectations really well yeah and clarify yeah I think that expectations and that clarification is a really key one I was working in a startup a few years ago and the entrepreneur visionary person the most I could get his attention for I kid you not was six minutes and at six minutes he would literally be picking up his phone to check an email or something coming in so I knew that I had to be really on the spot but what it also meant was that other people who could come from maybe a more traditional working organization like thinking like they could have an hour meeting I'm like first of all kick that idea out you're never going to get him for an hour you might schedule right. a 15 minute meeting for him but I guarantee even in that 15 minutes at six minutes he will have gone off in some other headspace the other aspect that I was very aware with him is he would talk about the future as if it was now and yes. so people, people <laughs> would then would be connecting with me like oh I don't want to say his name um so and so said that um this is what is going on and I'm like no, 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 it's not actually going on now in the present. That's what he's hoping will go on. But he talks right. about the future in the present tense, which means that there was a whole, you talk about clarification and expectation setting. I became very aware of this and I would have to question and come back to him. So is this something you want to have happen? Is this something that you're imagining in your mind, but you haven't told the rest of us about? And in your mind, you've already, it's fully fleshed out, but that's right. Haven't, we haven't operationalized it in any way and you haven't told us about it. Yes, I used to be just like that because change management review is like my fourth entrepreneurial venture. So in my first and second ones, I crashed and burned with my colleagues because I was not giving enough direction Mm. and and they called it direction. I called it description, Um, but I I wasn't, you know, describing any phases and being a management consultant, it's kind of interesting because we work in phases, Um, but I wasn't taking any time to really help them understand the way, the path to get to the future. I was all in the future. So I totally agree with um, what you're saying. And it takes a special type of person to ride the wave. Yeah. And, And I think part of riding that wave is understanding you're in different territories. So, Words that you might use might land differently because I have been with people like, oh, we need direction. 
And in yes. their mind, they're bringing that word direction full of the notion of when they worked inside a large organization where something yes. clear would have come from a CEO, maybe through some strategy stuff, came down from on high, went through some series of committees or whatever, but had something sort of with a degree of substance in it. Whereas I'm thinking with this guy, while he was walking from the kitchen to somewhere else and he threw something out, now you have to kind of decide, was that something we were supposed to take initiative on and that was as much right. as direction we were going to get. And so back to your point about ambiguity, it's like, so do I ignore that because he's going to come back later and fully flesh it out for me? It's like, or do I grab that? And then I have to chase him to find out what did you mean by that? What are you looking for? Right. I think that's really well said and not to scare everybody away, but because the reality is I'm all, I'm also looking for people with, areas of expertise, subject matter experts who have worked in corporate cultures who can add some structure, right? Because yeah. we've got to get this from vision to building blocks. Yeah. I'm certainly not the one that's going to do the building blocks. And it's not from a, oh, that's just not what I do. Mm -hmm. And, but it's from a, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I cannot do it. Right. I mean, I can manage it, but it's ex it, it it exhausts me. I mean, I, I did some electrical engineering studies. I was a finance major. I was a marketing major. I have the muscles of detail, but they're now triceps. And so right. for me to actually get into the block and tackling of some of this work yeah. exhausts me. Yes, yes. It's just ex yeah. it's just not what I do right now. Yeah. So I need someone who's going to complement the vision mm -hmm. and the strategy and lock and load some of these, the actions that need to happen. And so that brings another, I think another item to the table, which is, can somebody really make an argument? Can mm. they really, can they really, you know, have a position on something and back it up with logic and rationale yeah. and conceptually sell it? I don't yeah. care if it's like what color pen we need to use on a certain type of presentation or whether it's, <laughs> is this the type of client that's going to benefit the company yeah. or whatever it is, yeah. but do they have the character and presence as Daryl Connor yeah. would say, do they have the character and presence to build that? Yeah. Like even if they don't have it and if they don't, that's okay. And there's some people that, you know, come in that are younger but really eager. And I just love that. I love mm. to mentor people so that it's, it's yeah. really this hunger for more. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think in terms of that backing yourself, there's an interesting tension there between if you waited to, you had all your ducks in a row and you had all that data because you right. think you're going to back yourself. That that's when you'll feel confident. That's not going to work in an entrepreneurial situation. So there's a kind of tension right. between, I know this much. And I think when I've coached or seen other people, I've said to them, it's okay to go, and this bit I don't know, or this bit we'll have to figure out together, right. because they think I'm this notion of like, almost like perfection, and, and I hear sometimes yes. in design, people talk about done, not perfect, and that's an interesting tension around, well, what does done look like? How, how does something have a whole? And I think it's very hard to understand what an entrepreneurial person's looking for if you've never worked under them as a leader or a description because they're never giving you the kind of your expectations maybe of a leader of the kind of feedback or attention to detail that you're wanting 
which for me is another piece of advice I'd throw in the mix of it's really good for you to try your own entrepreneurial thing in a small way to get a feel of what it's like to be on that other side of the fence where you are overwhelmed with all of the details and the things you have to think about because then you're like ah now I might understand why Teresa or Helen couldn't give me this other detail because there's a whole lot of other things going on in their thoughts to be covering in this situation that I had no idea. Yes. And I think as an entrepreneurial leader, there's a responsibility to slow down and make sure people understand, you know, the direction, the strategy, mm -hmm. and to be a facilitative leader. Yeah, That's something yeah. I work really hard at yeah. because I want to go fast, yes. but you got to go slow to go fast. Yeah. I, I totally believe in that axiom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it applies to everything. So I think your idea of trying your own entrepreneurial venture is a good one. You know, it doesn't have to be huge, but because just doing anything will give you a sense of the awesomeness of the freedom to have an idea, bring it to action yeah. or build relationships with people that you may not know, learn how to conceptually sell and network yeah. and just, you know, the vulnerability that's required yeah. And that's important to bring into an entrepreneurial yeah. organization yeah. too. And I'm thinking something here, not like that you have to get venture capital money. It might be something like that you decide to make a club or a, a book club or something. Right. And, and you know, there's an element where, okay, maybe people have done it before, in which case there's an invitation to think, how could I do a book club that hasn't been done before? Or what? how can I put a spin on it such that it maybe is when we start using language here, like disrupting things or challenging the status quo, because I had a conversation yeah. with an entrepreneur recently and he goes, first of all, I think we need to agree on what a startup is. He said, a startup is not that you have stopped being working as an accountant or a lawyer in an organization and you're creating your own accounting or lawyer business. That's not a startup. That's just a new business. And for him, a startup was actually about technology and something very disruptive. Now, I didn't accept that definition for myself, but I get that there's something more about maybe pushing the boundaries because as in from an if you were a lawyer or a you know one of those fairly predictable maybe professions those people are probably not appreciating <laughs> my labeling that way people have done the creation of a law business or a legal business and right. so there is a pattern or a template out there that you can yes. kind of follow but when you're doing something maybe more at the cutting edge of entrepreneurial and this comes back to your point about ambiguity there is no template or if there is a template, right. you have to be challenging the assumptions of the template you're using because it just might not work. You might not have the money or the number of people or whatever assumptions were based on that template. You know, I totally agree with you. And the way I differentiate it is that there are venture capitalists, mm -hmm. you know, so an entrepreneur to me is more of a mindset. Mm -hmm. And so you can be an entrepreneur and be going for venture capital and, you know, have a venture capital based and backed business, but you're an entrepreneur if you're on a shoestring, mm. you know, I have started all my businesses on a shoestring yeah. and that's a totally viable way to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I, I encourage people to try, you know, to yes. try it if that's something they always want to do. The thing I would advise them on though, is to really do the work on their values. Mm -hmm. What do they love to do? Who are they when they do it? Uh, what gets them really excited? And to 
to make sure that what they are going into business on is aligned with that because otherwise it's really hard to stay the stay in the game i think yeah, yeah. well and particularly because i've heard some people like oh look if something's not working after two or three months abandon and it's not working and i kind of think no, I think more time's needed, particularly if you're doing something that's a bit unknown or unexpected. There's more time that you need to put in. And I think also where in a normal organizational context, you might be getting feedback of a certain quality and validation yeah. to keep you going. In an entrepreneurial situation, you're often not getting that. So you're having to draw upon your own reserves for your belief yes. to keep going. Yes. And I think the other important mindset that I look for is that you're okay not knowing it all. Mm. Yeah. You, you might know, be a subject okay. matter expert and not know things. Right. Like you had said, it's fine to say, I don't know. Mm. Right. And I, I think that that's really true, but it's also something to not come in with a false sense of confidence, mm. you know, cause we're going to pop that bubble fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the rubber hits the road really fast. Yeah. And you're under pressure really quickly, yeah. Especially in today's marketplace, if you're in a if you're in a, like a startup on a shoestring and you're going into the marketplace, you know you really have to be nimble. Yeah. You know, people use agile, which I think is interesting, but agile is is relative to what? Yes. Nimble to me is, yeah. you know, you're looking ahead. You're you're looking for the, it's like playing Atari, which yeah. totally dates me, but <laughs> you know, yeah. Playing, I won't say pinball because yeah, I'm yeah. not that old. Yes. <laughs> That's my dad's, he's yeah, 86. Yeah. That's kind of his era. But, you know, I really think that that's, that's important. It's important to have a certain level of fluidity to you. And there's also a point where you have to know when to put the stakes down Yes. and say, listen, you know, I know you guys really want to go in this direction, but here are the three to five things that are going to get in your way. And increase your risks for doing what you want to do. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is a lot of things in tension kind of paradox, like go fluid, but put the stakes down or not, but, and put the stakes down, um, be able yep. to tolerate things and be patient and, you know, blow things out of the water kind of thing. And, the, and I think there's a, a tension in that, which yes. for some people, they constantly want that tension to be resolved and they look to the leader to resolve that tension. And my comment would be in entrepreneurial situations, Often that tension is desirable and people are not wanting to resolve it because that is where the pushing the boundaries comes from. I think that's extremely well said, Helen. I think that's extremely well said. And when that tension doesn't exist in an entrepreneurial venture, it usually yep. doesn't succeed. Yes. And then I've been with entrepreneurial people who intuitively want that tension and they will create chaos, which other people feel is like, why are these people doing this? Because I think the normal business venture or operation is looking for stability as its way yes. of being, whereas that's not what people are looking for an entrepreneurial. And so I've seen people actually agitate to create chaos just in yes. small things that people are looking like, why are they doing this? They're agitating or upset. It's like, no, no, this person's trying to get that vibe going. That's, well, that's what they're trying to put in. If you, and if you're not comfortable with that vibe or you need to run with, this is possibly not the place for you to be. Or you need to, as you said before, ride the wave of, okay, no, there's going to be some moments when there might be some stability, but there's also going to be times where there's some chaos. Right. And it reminds me of some of those HR techniques they used to use in the 90s about change you know they would 
purposefully create chaos mm. <clears throat> to get the culture to shift. Yeah. Yeah. That's a macro level of, yeah. of yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. Right. And I think entrepreneurs may not be even that conscious that they're doing it. Mm. Right. They, they may yeah. not be that conscious that they're doing it. They're just like a racehorse in a stable kind of like, yes. yeah. you know, yes. well, let's go forward. Yes. Well, you mentioned before about the doing things on a string budget. I, I can recall two people who came from working in large organizations into the startup. One was from a marketing point of view and one was from a sales yeah. point of view. And we loved and were very attracted by their expertise they were going to bring in. But we had yes. a kind of clash in terms of their institutionalization and what okay. expectations they had on the startup. Have you seen people come from places like that and, and seen some tension or expectations that they're holding? Because you're talking about popping the bubble. Yes, I have. You know, I've I've had that happen in a couple of different ways with editorial. I've had mm -hmm. that happen with CFO. Yeah. I've had that happen with marketing. Yeah. And it's not that people don't understand their core competency. It's just they have not applied it in a nimble environment. Yeah, yeah. So that that's an example of that, that mindset not really being experienced. So therefore, they come to an entrepreneurial venture and they're looking how to move up the career path. Yeah. And we're, we're like saying, you know, put it on the table. Yeah. And this these are the two things that we have to solve this in two weeks, yes. what do we do? Yes. You know, and they're used to planning and, you know, yeah. so it's, it is totally different. Yeah. And I've also noticed they're used to delegating to other resources and it's like, no, you're it. You're the one you're person it. we've got here from marketing. So, you know, if they've not had the kind of breadth of experience in marketing and they've maybe niched in certain things, you look and think, yep. oh, but surely you know how to do these other things. Bring those to the table. We're like, oh, no, no, this is the thing I do. And I hand it over to somebody. I was like, no, there are no other resources. No, there is no other money. You you need to, we're not a well-resourced venture. You've got to right. figure this out and, and make something or build something or use your network contacts. That's kind of what we're asking of right. you beyond your subject matter expertise, which I recognize many entrepreneurs don't recognize they need to say that to somebody that there's more than just this subject matter expertise that you're wanting to tap from these people. Right. It has to show up concretely. Mm, yeah. You know, it has to show up concretely. And it also talks to, you know, when do you bring management in? Mm. Because you can bring managers in, but are they people who have actually produced and gone to management or are they yeah. just kind of people who manage? Yeah. Because if they're just general managers, they're probably, from an entrepreneurial perspective, they're not going to be able to back up a resource that, you know, gets knocked mm. out for some some reason yeah. Yeah. out of the mix. Yeah. So, My sense, too, is that I, I would probably say that there are entrepreneurial ventures on a bit of a spectrum. So there are yes. early entrepreneurial ventures where the level of security and control and is low and the chaos is high and if somebody was thinking yep. I'd like to get involved in that and it's like no 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 but if you're relying on a fortnightly pay and all these right. other things that is probably not the entrepreneurial startup for you it might be something that's been going a few years that now has a little bit of infrastructure of a manager because if you feel right. I want that sort of hands-on guidance or I want to have my skills professionally developed or I want regular meetings like I'm I have seen startups where people have thought, oh, I'm going to put that in place. It's like, no, 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 the startup's not mature enough yet 
to have that right. level of infrastructure added and and you will absolutely um, upset and, and agitate the entrepreneur who's like that because they see that as somehow slowing the business down oh. and, and the antithesis of nimble. Yes, yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that on the other hand, that's why you have to be able to conceptually position and argue your point because mm -hmm. the entrepreneur may not know that it's time to start to grow and lock and load some things down because yeah. maybe they have gotten to that magic number of 25 people. Yes. And, yes. you know, now we have communication needs that have to be done by group work, yeah. not just emails or yeah. something like that. But I want to come back to your initial kind of direction, Helen, which was, you know, if you're somebody who wants to work in an entrepreneurial environment, what do you really need to know about yourself to take the right level of risk for you? Yeah. That's and yeah, I, I don't even know if I know the total answer to that because I've been on the other side of, you yeah. know, hiring those folks for so long. But I think you really need to have a high level of confidence in that, in yourself around knowing that you can give something your best effort and it's okay if you don't totally kill it on the first try. Mm. It was, comes back to that, you know, what's good enough. Or mm. I think that that's also the, that's also the responsibility of the leader. But I mean, coming in as a perfectionist mm. is just gonna, it's gonna slaughter you. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I'm talking about self-awareness is what yeah. I'm, I think what I'm get, getting to. It's like, how much work have you done? Yeah. Have you done the work? Yeah. Do you know yourself well enough? Do you know yes. your personality? You know, do you know how you react when you get praised? Yes. Do you know how you react when you don't get praised? Yes. Um, because in these ventures, there's not a lot of time to couch everything, mm. right? There's no HR division saying, yeah. you know, this is how you give good feedback. This is yeah. how you don't give good feedback. And there's no annual reviews or performance development or things right. like that. And your one-to-one -one might have been a five-minute conversation standing in the kitchen making a coffee. Right, right. I mean, I generally really try to say, you know, criticize in private and praise in public. You know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of like our, <laughs> yeah. that's our bottom line. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just kind of trying to put myself in someone's shoes. And I often find that people who come into the organization do crave more structure than what's there. Yeah. And I think it, it, that self-awareness, it's kind of like know yourself. And there are many aspects to know yourself. It's like know what level of stress you can take or what stress is desirable or how you deal with stress. Know what level of praise you want or don't need. And and as we've said a couple of times, some of these things you just won't know till you're in the situation. But I think right. even if you're in this is part of the ambiguity, come into the situation being capable of reflecting in the moment because you have to be a constant reflective learner I think if you just come in yes. without knowing what bias or assumptions you're bringing and these things start happening to you and you start reacting like this is wrong this is not what's meant to be happening and you're not capable of being retrospective or reflective going why is this wrong is this bumping up against an assumption I had or an expectation is this something I want to shift is this something I need to negotiate with others and I think that's a kind of ongoing knowing capacity whereas some people can be like just kind of in a position like this is wrong and it's like no no that's just a truth for you and this may be the moment where you have to decide this isn't for me or I need to push through this and develop some 
you know, you talk about the triceps and muscles. It's like there's a new muscle here that just is going to need a bit of pain while I'm stretching yeah. and trying it out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that I, yeah. I think it comes down to the basic interpersonal and personal awareness yeah. Yeah. stuff. And you mentioned and risk that, too, because I think for some people, yeah. they really haven't even contemplated because working in inside of a normal organization is a fairly low risk environment. So if you've not even contemplated what is risk, what's my kind of risk profile or propensity, recognizing that what risk am I prepared to take? And risk doesn't mean that it's going to happen. It's like, do I have the ability to mitigate or manage a few things to reduce my risk? Because I think one of the things that people often misunderstand about entrepreneurs, it's not a case that they just unknowingly take risk they're very good at taking calculated risks that's right it's the calculated risk and the number one quality of a good entrepreneur is perseverance mm. not yeah. risk taking yes yes indeed which indeed. which is interesting to me yeah but i i think what you're saying is very important because the other thing is that an entrepreneur doesn't think of like for example i think having a job is riskier than having a business. Interesting. That would freak okay, a lot of people out. <laughs> yeah, because to me, I want to diversify my risk mm. in multiple cash flow sources, multiple types of work. Yes. I would be trapped if my story I tell myself doesn't yeah. mean it's going to be true, mm. but my my story I tell myself is I'll be trapped in a role and I won't be able to do my creativity. Yes. I won't be able yes. to call people up and say, well, what do you think about this? You know, I, I think we should move this forward and act yeah. like a crazy person. Yes. And then financially, I think it's scary. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to go to work and one day get a pink slip. My God, what yes. kind of control? What's my span of control? Indeed. I have indeed. no span of control. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fascinating point. So as we come to a close, is there any other thoughts that are percolating up where even if it's reflecting on your younger self in terms of you thinking, oh, so this journey I've been on, what kind of advice would I give myself or somebody entering this space? I think blind faith is a good thing. I think if you have the gut instinct and the curiosity to see what you can do, mm. that it's definitely a worthwhile journey to partake on. Yeah. I think it's really important to remember that you can always get off the treadmill, right? Yeah. And you can, well, you can jump off a of corporate America, jump into an entrepreneurial startup and get a different experience and you can always go back. Indeed. Uh, I went for a long time in my 20s and early 30s thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just going to be on an entrepreneurial path. And one of my mentors said to me, you can always go the other way. Yeah. Like you're not stuck. Yes. Yet. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so there's flexibility. I also think that if you're really loving creativity, it's a good place to try entrepreneurship. Mm. I think if you're looking for a lot of mentoring and direction, it's probably not going to meet your needs as much mm. as you might like. I think to your point on the spectrum mm. that a kind of like an intermediate level entrepreneurial venture will do that. Mm. that it will have some infrastructure for that. But I, I think I would say to myself, you know, don't be afraid. The, mm. There's a big world out there. It's all open, you know, get on your galoshes and start running. Cause yeah. like, yeah. you only know where yeah. the puddle is when you fall in it. And yeah. then you just have to have the good grace to get up and realize that, okay, you fumbled, but you're mm. on the same path. You just fumbled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you don't know if you're going to fumble or not. 
indeed and that's okay yeah one of my favorite quotes is a mark twain one which is something like when you swing a cat by its tail you're gonna learn things you can never learn any other way (laughs) (laughs) and i think sometimes people might think you know well this looks a bit too risky it's like well give it a try and as you say if it didn't work out for you treat it like an experiment and give it a go and then if it's you'll learn something it might not get where you wanted to go but that kind of experimental mindset you'll learn something and you can take that on with you in your life and it might be what I've learned is this is not for me it's for others yeah and just not to be driven by fear yeah yeah you know do some rational thinking but emotionally just be open to the possibilities that as Daryl would say playing your own music and see how that works out in the world because I think I think everybody has a unique tune to share yes what a lovely thought to end on it's been wonderful talking with you Teresa thanks you too this has been a blast I really enjoyed it workscapes are changing everywhere for more goodness to change your workscape visit www.beselfunlimited.com 